why is this, why does astrology matter? The place of astrology that, that at least I can speak on that spectrum of the woo is that one is old, it's been around longer than all the others pretty much. It has evolved, it has faced the temper tantrums of civilizations. <laughs> it speaks to an ability to work with paradox and imagery, which is the thing we're lacking. In my, my mind, what we're suffering is, a, is a, a crisis of imagination. Fundamentalism is a crisis of imagination. And so I think modems of ways of engaging with the mystery of life or self-knowledge or development or understanding the world that could be from the tarot to, you right. name it, crystals, it is about activating and engaging with something, one that's unseen, making... Uh, an opening for that, but also engaging a more nuanced thinking, which is again, what we're lacking. Hi, this is Michelle Lassley with Balance Shared, a space where I truly believe we are better together. My guest today is Vanessa Kudo. She uses the pronoun she, her, hers. Vanessa is an archetypal astrologer, artist, and teacher. She weaves astrology, mythology, and depth psychology in her work. In her consulting work, she helps her clients connect to their sole purpose with their business through her branding cosmology. Through working with archetypes in astrology, her clients walk away confident and clear about how to develop their business and brand in alignment with their purpose. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. It's always fun. I'm glad. Um, <laughs> so when this comes out is going to be early November and... Uh, so just kind of with that frame frame in mind, I have been fascinated with astrology since forever, you know, so like since the sun signs in the newspaper, right? And I'm reading my Pisces sign and, you know, and, oh, is this going to happen? What's right or what, what's going on? And, you know, the, the sun sign astrology is difficult to, to, to write. And I think the writers do a good job. Um, and, and that's a, a great way to like sort of peak interest. But why, why do you like to study astrology? For me... You know, astrology has a muse, and her name is Urania. And I like to say that the muse tapped me on my shoulders when I was in elementary school, because really, I don't know how, because I know no one in my family is interested. There were no books or, or anything around the house about astrology. Uh, if, if anything, uh, my mother was, was a retired history teacher, so there were a lot of history books. But I remember being in elementary school and being really tickled by sun signs and asking my, my friends at recess, oh, what's your sun sign? What's your sign? And it was really, I don't know how, I think I had this idea somewhere, I must have, somebody said, oh, you know, there's astrology to tell. I think I was tickled by trying to understand people. And, and so I think from the beginning, I was interested in looking at patterns and seeing, of course, I didn't articulate it that way. I was just trying to understand what made Mary this way, but, you know, Samantha the other way. Um, and it was really my teens, I must have been like 12, 13, perhaps, when I would save my allowance money uh, or my bus fare money to buy my first astrology books. And I think it was around that time, or maybe I was 14, 15, that I got Linda Goodman's Sun Sign book. 
And that was like an eye opener because I really enjoyed the way she writes about the sun signs. There's a sense of humor, there's a sense of psychology. And so what really attracted me was trying to understand people. You know, I was curious in trying to understand how, what made people tick. And so when I decided to study astrology, really to dive in, um, I was already very interested in uh, psychology because of course I think it kind of goes together. And so I started, uh, my first astrology teacher was uh, very much uh, in the union psychological bent. And so I really, my early days of studying astrology was psychological astrology. And then with time, I moved into more the archetypal mythological aspect because I think they did go together. And so it really was trying to understand people and then trying to understand me, where was I in my journey? You know, because astrology, I think one of the things is really this the exciting thing is because it's really about you, right? Like you have someone sit with you, do your chart. It's about you, right? Um, but also, as I got older, much more about understanding our period in history and what is going on in the world, how to make sense of it beyond the, the newspaper headlines and trying to have a con uh, sort of contextual understanding of why is this happening? Why does, like you, you were saying earlier, we tend to, history tends to repeat itself. Well, from the viewpoint of astrology, it's actually quite fascinating because it is, it has to do with the cycles of the planet. So we can see a resonance to another time. So I would say in the last 10 years for me has been a lot more about like, I wanna understand the historical point as well. So I've been, fascinated for a long time with this concept, I'm going to call it othering, where we uh, we believe that our point of view is the right point of view, and somebody else who believes differently is an other. And we were, we were chatting before we started really recording, and um, you were talking about how astrology can help ignite the imagination. And I'm linking the two together because so othering, I think, is a, it's a big problem. It's the, it, it can be that, you know, you're either with us or against us. Mm -hmm. and it, It's total black and white thinking. It doesn't get into any of the gray areas of life. It forgets the truth that there can be more than one truth. And uh, and and it can lend itself to fundamentalism and which can then um, it just can lead to very not great human things. And so can you kind of pivot on that and, and where astrology can help us? Yeah, so when you were saying all this, I was thinking that we're, it does feel at times like we're moving like Thelma and Louise in the end of the movie where they're just driving into the, you know, the, the ravine. Um, yeah, so I, a few things that come to my mind. Uh, one is I've always been of the mind I think even as a kid, you know, we're both were raised Christian. I was raised Catholic, not hardcore, but Catholic. And so this is, I think, comes from the Bible. Don't quote me on it, but I think it is. But I've always believed that all paths lead to Rome. Rome could be understood as your truth, the source, your ultimate life experience, whatever it may be. But I think all paths lead to Rome. You can go by sea, you can go through the mountains, the Alps, 
you're going to get there in some shape or form. And to me, that has guided me as a sense of like, there's a, there's a, a purpose, a goal to reach. How are we going to get there? I don't know. And so in one sense, astrology has helped me understand that. What is the journey like, right? Where am I going? The other thing when you talk about the, the othering um, is the idea when you talk about fundamentalism. I can't remember where I saw this, who wrote it. Um, but I believe that fundamentalism is a lack of imagination. Because you can't deal with the nuance. You can't deal with ambiguity. You can't deal with paradox. And I think it stems from deep fear and out of sense of out of control. And I think that in turn stems from not having faith perhaps or a sense of connect, an idea of being connected to other things that allows you to feel grounded. So you have to grasp, you have to grab something, right? So better the, the, the devil I know than the devil I don't know. That's the othering. And, and we are living in very pivotal times, as we know, um, really clearly now. Astrologically, it does have a point. Um, it has a, um, a connection astrologically. We can read this othering as part of the, uh, the planetary dance that's going on in the last few years. But, and I want to say as well that even in astrology, some people can use astrology as an othering, you know, the quintessential means of, oh, he's such a Scorpio. Oh my God, she's such a Virgo. This sort of discrimination, psychological discrimination is a, um, yeah, sorry, the astrological discrimination is kind of an othering, right? We play into the joke, but there is that problem as well. What I find interesting about astrology when you kind of take a, a step back and look at it um, is that all the signs, the 12 signs, they come in pairs, right? They're opposite complementary to each, you know? So Virgo is opposite to Pisces, but complementary, they work, to, they have to work together, right? So I'm, in my work I, and in my own personal relationship to astrology, I actually like to look at the opposite sign to see how can I be my better sign. So in my case, I'm a Gemini. I look to Sagittarius to understand, oh, there's a gift in Sagittarius that would benefit me that I could be the best version of a Gemini, a more whole Gemini. So we can look at astrology as a way to <clears throat> integrate the, the parts. But I'm sorry, I think I might've forgotten what was your original question. So I've gone off in my own. Uh, <laughs> That's all right. Um... In my own head here. <laughs> I was curious how we can use astrology to draw on our imaginations. So, okay. Um, I, I think for the, so how do I go back? I have this pet theory, not a theory, it's becoming more and more of a, a core uh, compass for me. What I like about astrology is that when you think about your own birth chart, which is your roadmap to your life, you have various planets, you have all the signs of the zodiac, and they're all in relationship to each other. So all of a sudden that already becomes a much more richer territory to work with rather than one thing, one path. 
And if you understand that birth chart as your cosmic galaxy, your cosmic country, your cosmic territory, and you're the ambassador of it, you then understand there are, that you have multitudes within you, right? You're not just your Pisces sun or, you know, whatever it is. They're all coming together in different ways, which then already takes you away from the simplistic view of, oh, she's such a Virgo, he's such a Scorpio. Because now you have more. And that in that, you already have to engage your mind and imagination to deal with these other archetypes, that they all are there to help you grow. They may be edgy, they may be crunchy, but they, they're there to make you claim, help you claim what I like to call the, you know, all spokes of the wheel of your birth chart. So I think astrology engages the imagination right there. And that's one. And then, of course, we have the planetary dance in the skies, which the ancients have been looking at and, look, and applying to, oh, that's happening up there. How does it apply to what's happening down here? That already allows you, at least opens up your mind to look how things are interconnected, how the world and the universe speaks to you and how there's a, a dialogue happening. So I think that already takes you away from the sense of, oh my God, this is one way. They told me this is how the way, and then you have blinders on, which I believe astrology kind of helps you open up the, the, the eye, your eye, your, your spectrum of vision. Then you add that to when you start, you start understanding people, right? You look to your, your partner or your child, who's whatever sign they are, and you're like, oh, that's interesting. That's how they approach the world. That's their window into the world. I see the world this way. Oh, how interesting. There's a connection. So I think the gift of astrology is it feeds on the curiosity. And I think there's a kindness of curiosity when you, you approach things with true curiosity. Not curiosity to be like, I want to get information so I can, you know, cut you at the knee later on. But that curiosity of like, hmm, that's interesting. Hmm, she's a Virgo, but she doesn't behave like my other friend who's a Virgo. Oh, let's see what's happening. So you become more observant. And I think that can lead to becoming more tolerant. Of course, the, the temptation in the middle is to become judgmental, right? Because I think there's a lot of people that know enough astrology to be dangerous because mm. they get into judgment, like, mm -hmm. like back to the whole, oh, he's got that moon in Scorpio and that's why he does what he does kind of thing. But ideally you would become more curious as to how it's not all written in stone. And then of course, mythology hits on mythology. Astrology hits on mythology, right? So it's, there are stories in there. And then you are the embodiment of those stories in a certain way. So I think it invites, it's a complex um, art, you know, this is what I try to convey to a lot of people who are um, sometimes will come to me and be like, what's a good app, software, website, book? And I'm like, it's a, there's a place to begin and you have to go to the Google Oracle and find it. What's it, the thing that attracts you? But it's not an easy language. It, astrology is nuanced, multi valent with many layers to it it takes a lifetime i think to really you're constantly learning so back to when i said the muse tapped me on my shoulder 
I still feel that I'm, I'm still amazed and I'm, I'm learning every day. Um, so I, I like to say I'm devoted to it. So it leads, it's a constant, it's not set in stone. So I think that's where astrology is extremely helpful in understanding the world, looking at things from a wider perspective, longer cycles. It's not just now, the emergency isn't just now, you know. That's one of my favorite parts about astrology is like a phrase that uh, was shared with me when I was a, when I was in high school is this too shall pass. Right. And so like when you're thinking of the good things or the terrible things that happen in your life, they're never going to last forever. And then you pair that with looking at the astro weathers. Right. Mars circles the sun three times a year in and what Venus circles the sun what every year. Well, it's a, every nine months, 12 months, something like that. Yeah. So Earth. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they're moving. There's a constant sense of movement and they, they're constantly in different cycles and they also are in relationship to each other. Mm-hmm. So I, I think for me at the core, astrology is about relationship. You in relationship to a, a, the imaginal world of these archetypes, but the, these archetypes are also in relationship to each other, you know? They don't make you do anything, but they beckon you to take a look. You know? right. they, they're beckoning your attention and your awareness. What I was going to say um, that I think more and more is becoming kind of a, 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 the way I see the world. One of the things that I feel, I don't think anything in, that has happened historically was all bad and all good. There, it's hard to, we don't, we can't judge. We're not that wise, I don't think. But one of the things that I feel saddened about Christianity is that Christianity wiped out the gods. It's one God, one. You have the same Catholic church at least has the saints to kind of play with that. But I miss the, uh, the multiplicity of different gods. And I miss because I think when you have that, like I said, I'm not saying it was all good or bad, but this is a point that to me personally feels like when you had more of them, you were you could you could see multiplicity, it was diverse. There was diversity already embedded in spirituality. And so I what I like about astrology is this diversity. You know, it's not just the sun, I mean though generally most people come in through the sun signs. But you got the moon, you got sun, you got you. There's multiplicity happening. And I think when you have an understanding of yourself as a multitude, I think that could breed, could lead, is a better word, to more tolerance for diversity rather than black and white, you know, system. You know, there are ways, there are days when I'm feeling kind of pretty dark about humanity. I think Christianity was kind of a fascist system. This is the way or you burn at the stake. You're all with us or you're not. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's quite amazing to think of a religion that has taken the world like that. And I think that's why there's a, a, the rise of a coming back of paganism, of witches and the woo and the esoteric, because it's almost, granted, for, the, for this conversation much shorter, we can't go into the nuance of this argument because there are holes in it, of course, but it's the fact that I think we're looking for a sense of diversity, even spiritual, in a spiritual sense. Ooh, let's stop there for a second and take a quick break. And when we come back, let's pick up and see where we go. 
Are you tired of moving month to month without any flow? Are you ready to get more in alignment with the world around you and your purpose? I believe we are all here together, and when I mean we, I mean all of us. From those who know their purpose and are connected to their environment, to those who are just learning to be connected and what their purpose may be. I am here to hold space for us to learn together, to mastermind together, to make magic together. So I'm hosting new and full moon circles every month. We'll circle up about three days before the new moon and just before or on the full moon. Together, in circle, on Zoom, we'll get grounded, we'll journal, we'll explore, and we'll mastermind together metaphysical and natural supports to keep us in alignment. Want to learn more? Visit www.michellelastly.com slash mooncircles. Space is limited, so be sure to grab your seat today. Welcome back. So we're talking about nuance and uh, an invitation to move away from the black and white. So can I can we go back for a second to the oh she's just a Virgo or he's such a Scorpio kind of attitude? When I had my first reading and I was kind of um, down on well okay so my son is in Pisces and my rising sign is Aries and I was down on Aries for a long time because of an experience I had with an individual who always came across as hot-headed and argumentative and uh, I was like oh darn it that's my rising sign that's like the face that I'm giving to the world right and so then there is another biblical adage right where where you're supposed to um, uh, stop judging somebody for the the splinters that are in their eyes when you have a log in yours, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's a good one. And so in that vein, right, I'm judging this other person for their hot-headed temperness while ignoring my own. And and so, I don't know, I just, I'm really, you know, I love this reminder that we have all of these things in us. And when we're shaming somebody else because they're behaving in a way that we don't like, what are we really saying about ourselves? Is there something like, can we take that as an invitation to look at a behavior of our own that we don't enjoy that maybe we should, could be, be doing that? And so instead of maybe protecting our hearts and, and just putting the blame on somebody else, maybe it could be an invitation to be proactive in our personal journeys. Yeah. I think so. And I think that comes to um, when you're telling me your experience. I know, I know this for myself. I've had this experience. I've seen it in clients where one tends to live on one side of the chart because of upbringing, culture, whatever the situation was. And so it might have been easier to be Pisces and not have to deal with the airy side and be like, no, no, other people are like that. And I mean, then you have a, an astrology reading and you're like, oh my God, right? It's right there. <laughs> it's like somebody saying, you had something stuck on your back this whole time, right? I think we can, you know, most, some, some people will approach it like, God damn it, right? Or others will be more, okay, now I've discovered I have this thing. And what can, what can I find out about how Aries, as an example, shows up in my life? You know, I, I think it invites a, 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 um, a reflection 
of, oh, how does this show up in my life? Because the fact is, this is where I think it's so, um, the edge in astrology, and that is not such an easy thing to say, put it on an app, put it on a book, call it good. I mean, those things can help you. It's like Alice in Wonderland, right? It opens the door for you to go down the rabbit hole. You shouldn't get stuck there. But that's where the nuance comes in because in astrology, your chart does not tell me that if it's a person, a dog, or an event, it's a chart for a time. You, with your background, your ancestors, your culture, your upbringing, the time you were born, the circumstances of that historical moment, in, allows you to engage with that chart very differently than somebody who might have the same chart, but it was raised in a different culture, in a different you know, situation. It may there may be similarities, but there is still, I would say, to a sense of free will of the soul, right? So that's why it's not so easy. And so open the can and there it is. So I think this is the danger sometimes with astrology, with the which the popularization of astrology has been wonderful. Apps and magazines and websites, all of it's great. But there's a caution, a disclaimer there. That's just the beginning. Because astrology is about the, the relationship, you with the child, you with the astrology, you with your own life, reflecting. And as you grow older and mature, you, you see your chart in different spirals. You know, you engage with that Aries rising you have differently now than you will in 10 years from now than 10 years ago. So it's not static because again, the planets, their or original name is the wanderers. They're moving. There's your level of awareness and engagement in the conversation matters just as much, right? So the more aware you become, the better it is that engagement. Mm. Same in a relationship, you know? You can just say, oh, he's such a Scorpio. I'm saying Virgo and Scorpio as an example, just because I do think all signs need a PR campaign, but those two really need a PR campaign. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the whole new rebranding, if you will. <laughs> but I, I think that we, we have to stop and think, right? Um, so it's just, I think it invites, it's complex. And, and honestly, in our culture now, in the last decades, few decades, we have become quite lazy. Mm. We're very lazy. We don't like we don't like critical reasoning, critical thinking. You know, given the app, given the we've ourselves have not. You know, so I think this is the uh, we don't have those psychic muscles working. You know, and we need to work it. And twenty twenty really is making us work quite hard. Yes, it is. Oh, I've forgotten how many things have happened this year. Uh, maybe we can land on murder hornets and something else. But um, <laughs> so I want to go back to nuance for a second. Uh, the it's uh, nuance and critical thinking are so important. And I had um, a friend who taught for a while at a, a small university that catered to a local area. And he expressed his dismay at how little critical thinking the students came with. And a lot of them came from small, rural, Bible Belt type 
um, communities. And uh, if we can, if, if astrology can help us explore nuance and embrace nuance, and if we can work towards accepting that nuance in those gray areas really serve us in the long run, where could we start? Oh, that's quite the, the question. Um, I think how, in terms of where could we start in astrology, where could be the, the doorway to enter, if you will? Is that what you're asking? Um, I think astrology, one of the, the best ways perhaps to start working with it is in your own self-knowledge, right? Most people want to know uh, what's my birth chart, what's in it, you know, what it, what does the cosmos say about me? Really, that's kind of the sim simple question, right? Mm -hmm. um, people will come to a session and say, oh, what does this say about me? Is this, you know, is this thing... Um, so I think astrology, the first way is, and I think this is where most people have a curiosity about it, is I want something that helps me understand me. And it helps me understand what are my strengths, what, where are my growing edges, and how can I deal with my growing edges better instead of repeating a pattern. I mean, there are those who will go to an astrology session and the astrologer is going to say, oh, you know, you're not good in relationships. Your seventh house is pretty bad. And then they go through life thinking uh, they're doomed. But I think in large part, I would say perhaps in the last 20, maybe 30 years, people are becoming a bit more willing to entertain and go deeper. We've become a much more psychological, psychologically aware culture. So I think it starts with you understanding yourself, usually. That's the first entry point. Because however you see the universe, we can only be responsible how, with how we engage with it. How do we, our perception of the world, it's still very much, you know, how do I see the world? So I think astrology is a tool, a, a very ancient tool of self-knowledge um, in that case. Um, it's, you know, it's probably one of the first psychological tools we had, the first astrological quiz, a psychological quiz, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's the doorway to entertain is by knowing yourself. Uh, I think once you go there and you, you want to stay, um, then you start being curious about what is happening around you through your partners, your children, your coworkers, but then you kind of, as you go further in, you want to see, oh, what's really happening in the world? Why are the astrologers I follow talking so much about this thing or that thing, right? What does it matter? So I think there are steps that people go in, you know, trying to follow. Um, maybe the large part stays in the sort of more, they're happy to be just in a more sort of first strata of like, I'm this, I'm that, and you know, this is what I do. And I think a few others go further to the second strata of like, okay, I, now I understand the people around me. How do I can better help them or relate to them? And then I think then it moves into what is happening in the world. And I think once you move to the third, or maybe even the first, so you're wanting to see 
how do I then fit into this time? And how can my purpose be of service to this time? Mm. So I think there are different st- stratas of engagement with astrology. We're not going to have time to go into this, but I want to bring back something that you've said before. And that is that when you were born, you were the answer to a question at the time. Well, I think this time we're living in, it's really kind of driving this question back to a lot of people, even if they're not engaged with astrology, a lot of people are asking like, okay, how can I help in some way, right? How can my work, my being in this world can make a change or or bring some help? Um, And I really, that has to do with how when you were born, your, your chart is related to the zeitgeist of that time right? So there are planetary um, aspects and positions that are generational. And that has a lot to do with that as well, with your astrological generation, if you will. Um, And what are the things that are coming through you, if you will, the archetypes of dancing and coming through your own specific way of approaching life, right? Um, And I think also the idea is that this is where, in a, when you go deeper into astrology, or actually any personal development uh, tool, you know, like the tarot or anything, you might come to this realization of like, okay, this is all fine and dandy about me, but now what? You know, I think most people who are really into self-development and self-understanding, they eventually get to the point of like, okay, it's all good, but how can I now help? or serve or create or bring into the world because we're creative beings. So I think it leads to that. Yeah. Uh, So you, you teach a lot on a lot of these and you get into more detail and you have like whole classes or lectures that you do on like Mars and where Mars is right now and that sort of thing. Where can people get engaged with you on that if they would like to take your teachings? Uh, you can go to my website at vanessacuto.com, and Kuto is C-O-U-T-O. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook where I do daily posts on, I talk a lot about the moon because I love talking about the moon, but other astrological aspects. And yeah, and I love teaching. So I try to bring the psychological, the cultural, and the mythic within the astrology of the moment. So I do have some upcoming classes and then I'm already preparing for the classes that I want to do next year. Um, oh, nice. So I have like a, ideas. And I also do, uh, for those who kind of want to have a taste of what I do and how I teach, I have a new moon salon every month around the new moon where we talk about the myth behind the sign of the new moon, the new moon themes, because each new moon is somewhat different, and how you can honor the moon and the new moon. And so that's a good one to sort of have a sense of my approach to work and everything. And that's every month. And it's all on my website and my events page and such. Awesome. Uh, okay. We're both bibliophiles. I, we're doing this on Zoom and I see a stack of at least five piles of books behind you. Yeah. One book foundation you could leave our audience with that might help incite curiosity. Any book? or so many Uh, I have a book problem (laughs) I have a book I'm a bookaholic Um, 
I mean, I think if you're starting out, you're pretty new to astrology. I kind of still like Linda Goodman's Sun Sign books. Awesome. Um, it's a fun read, and it's uh, she. I still think she was quite engaged. I mean, there are other lovely books out there. You know, go to the local bookstore and check it out. But I still have a, a soft spot for that book because even though that was not my first astrology book, I don't quite remember which one it was. That was the one that really touched my heart when I was a teenager. And so I do have a soft spot for it. We'll have a link to those in the show notes so that yeah. people can get theirs. I'm so grateful that you were on today. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Balance Shared is produced and edited by me, Michelle Lassley. The instrumental music, Grass, by Silent Partner, is from the YouTube Audio Library. If you've enjoyed today's episode, leave a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. If you've loved the messages of co-creating a better future and digging into ourselves, maybe you'd like to become a supporter. Email hello at michellelassley.com to get your sponsorship guide. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This is Michelle Lassley with Balance Shared, a space where I truly believe we are better together. <laughs>